Hello, hello. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 195, Set for Success, with David Chauve-Brown and David Trotz of 3877. I'm going to tell you all about them in a moment. It was a really good conversation with two people who appear to be amazing partners and have a tremendous mix when it comes to the dynamics between the two of them. They seem to agree on most things in terms of how to set up the culture of their company so everybody succeeds. It really resonated for me that there's such a big difference between that employee who comes to work for you and so desperately wants to have a real impact on your business and make a difference in your business. That employee who is given the opportunity to really own parts of the project, to really be expert at things in the office, to be acknowledged, to be listened to, to be heard. And the same employee who is shut down every time they have an idea, an innovative thought, or a new way of looking at things. Our two Davids talk about how transparency and open and honest communication has been a vital part of setting their team up for success. But they were both honest about some of the challenges, including the difficulties that 2020 brought and that moment where many of us had to let someone go because the work just stopped. Thank goodness for most, it's back and we'll see if that lasts. It may, it may not. We don't know. We continue to plant the seeds that will grow the best possible future. And so many are thinking about hiring. Wouldn't it be wonderful to finally have an assistant or a team? And one of the suggestions our two guests had when they reached out with an application to be on the podcast was just about the fact that They had no idea years ago what it was going to take to create the culture and environment where staff could thrive, and they so much wish there had been a handbook. And so I asked them, what would be the top four things in your handbook for how to set up employees to succeed? And the information is really good, really solid. Being completely transparent as a business owner was a struggle for me. It was my name on the door. And I wasn't so comfortable initially allowing my staff to see how profitable the company was. Well, if I'm honest, and you know I am, initially I wouldn't have shown them how profitable the company was because they probably would have wondered how I was going to pay them. But once we became profitable and we became profitable in a really big way, I had the opposite side of the concern, which is, oh, wow, they're going to think that I'm getting rich and they're not getting rich. And Dave Trott's response to that was, well, if you were an employee, wouldn't you want to know that the company could pay you? Of course I would. Of course I would. Ultimately, I ended up going to a profit sharing system, which forced me to be transparent. And it turned out to be a really healthy decision for my company and for my team. And in fact, Business of Design would never have been born if it wasn't for the fact that I had a profit sharing system and my design team balked at the fact that I was spending a lot of money flying around North America, speaking to any interior design group that would have me teaching them about the systems I use. And so finally they said, this has to stop. We're not going to fund this anymore. This is your personal passion. You need to figure out how to fund it. And uh, enter Cheryl Horn, who just stepped up and helped us figure out how to do that. So I'm a big fan of profit sharing. I'm a big fan of being transparent with your team. Give them autonomy so they can see how they win on your behalf. And then you all celebrate together. Really good conversation. 
Let me tell you a little bit about the two owners of 3877. In the fall of 2010, these two good friends, David Trotz and David Shove Brown, decided it was finally time to realize the dream that they'd had for years of forming a professional design architecture partnership. With more than two decades of experience, the duo developed goals of not only working with clients interested in the design process, but also teaming with partners who can help provide the highest levels of design, construction, and presentation. They spent months planning the unveiling of 3877, which is in Washington, D.C., and today it is a multidisciplinary architecture and design firm specializing in restaurant hospitality, single-family, multi-unit residential, and commercial projects. That's a lot. This award-winning firm has been featured in Washington Business Journal's Best Places to Work, so it's worth hearing their insights on how to grow a team and keep a team. You can check out their website, 3877design backslash, and by the way, that is their Instagram handle as well. You'll hear in the interview that we recorded this on November the 4th. So at the time of this recording, the U.S. election is still undetermined. Whatever you are hoping for, I hope you're healthy. I hope you're well. I hope that's true for your family, for your friends, for your community. And I hope 2020, as difficult as it has been, has also given you some gifts. I'm so glad you're here. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Well, hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm still kind of thinking about our BOD live session and um, the exceptional wisdom that came out of not only our three panelists, so thank you so much to Rebecca, Jamie, and Christopher, um, who had incredible wisdom to share with everybody, and all of them are doing so well. Like that was, Wasn't that so heartening to see that they're just doing so well? It was great, and so many others, you know, stepping up to participate yes. as well. It was a really candid conversation. I wasn't really expecting to for, for everyone to really get into like how their year went, good and bad, you know, stories for what the year looked like, what people are looking forward to. Um, you know, it was, it was really great. And it was so nice to see everyone's faces so yes. much better than, than the webinars. Yes. Which is like talking into a hole or something. It was great. I could sit yeah. back and someone had a question and sure enough, hands go up and there's an answer in the audience, which is fantastic. So that was, that was really gratifying. And, you know, a, a lot of times questions are things I can't answer, like what sort of software should I use for a virtual assistant or whatever it is. And so our community knows they, they have those answers and they were super generous as usual about sharing them. So BOD Live, December, what's our December date? December 9th. So again, it's it's a Wednesday. We're sticking to our usual time slot. So it'll be Wednesday, December 9th, 1 o'clock EST. So details are up on the website. But again, um, all you have to do is mark your calendar. And on the day of, uh, if you're already a Business of Design member, you are going to get some reminders leading up to it. You can just click right through your dashboard to join us at that time. So we've got Darcy Heather from New York joining us on the next one. We're going to ask everyone to be sharing their New Year's resolutions. I think everyone's sort of ready to wrap up 2020 and, and dive into 2021. And it's not that far away. No, it's not. We've somehow made it through this year, which has been 
crazy and in so many ways horrible and in so many ways incredibly wonderful and joyful. So um, Darcy, by the way, is going to be sharing a cocktail recipe with all of us, brown liquor cocktail recipe. So for you cool people who like brown liquor, this is going to be your Mm -hmm. moment. We're going to share the recipe with members ahead of time so you could have the ingredients. And if you've ever needed an excuse for daytime drinking... This is it. We're giving it to you right now. If there was never, if you were ever going to pick up daytime drinking, 2020 would be the year. <laughs> Good way to wrap up the year yes. for sure. Um, and then the one other thing that I've sort of been getting questions about is BOD certification. You know, we talked so much uh, before and after launch about the brand new Business of Design 15-step project management strategy uh, certificate program. So it is about a 20-hour program start to finish. And by the way, that's not with implementation, right? That's just the teaching Uh, right? So you can do this at your own pace, but we do strongly suggest you implement as you go. It's not a race. Um, The the quicker you implement, the more you're going to be enjoying the benefits of the learning. Yes. And when you complete the program, the certificate is generated automatically. Then we also provide you with some additional resources. So of course you receive a BOD certified professional badge if you want to include that on your website along with um, other uh, accreditations that you do have. As well, we're going to provide you with some client-facing language. What does this learning uh, mean to your clients? What does it say about you and your business and how you how you run a streamlined business with policies and procedures? Um, it's going to give you that language, whether you want to use it on your website or social, you know, even making it part of your elevator pitch. You know, we provide you with some additional resources like that to really benefit your business, not just from the systems you're using, but how to then explain those, you know, that part of it to your clients as well. Right. Yeah. It's not just about a BOD badge. We, you know, that's great. That's lovely. But it has to mean something to your clients that you've gone to the trouble to learn these systems and strategies and you're going to implement them. And it means you're the person they should hire. They shouldn't have to look any further. You're the person they should hire. So we're excited to see our first BOD certifications come through. Quite a few people working on their uh, the step path at the moment. We anticipate a lot of people will do this over the holidays too, because the holidays we usually find ourselves with a little bit of downtime and quite gratified as well. How many people are have purchased the operations manual and are integrating that into their office? So uh, lots of exciting things going on over here. Yeah, and we're still working away on uh, new content and updating comment content rather. You know, and as we talked about over launch, that you know we did focus on the BOD fifteen to get those live for launch. But we are updating all of our programs. You know, over the next six months to a year, you're going to see all kinds of updated content as well as brand new content to the site. Absolutely, Cheryl. Enjoy the beautiful weather we're having. Unusually gorgeous weather for where we're at right now, mid November. It was like summer yesterday. We were out for a it hike is. and the waterfalls are flowing and oh my gosh. I know it was, yeah, it felt like summer <laughs> for the weekend. And I think we still get a couple more days of it before it uh, changes and reminds us that it's November. <laughs> right, right. Everybody stay well, stay healthy. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. 
Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Thank you, David and David, for being on the show. Really great to see you today. It is one day post November 3rd. We're we're taping this on November 4th, so the election last night. How late did you guys stay up? Uh, I was not up late. I didn't watch anything related to the election. I was up uh, I was up fairly late and then uh, got up several times in the middle of the night. I can see already why you're partners because you are the yin and yang. Of all things, yeah. obviously. That's how that works. I didn't think in Washington, D.C. you were allowed not to watch. I thought you had to watch the election coverage. Uh, no, I, I just didn't feel like nail-biting the entire time. So I figured I'd just wait till the end. All right. Well, we sort of like fast forward. Yeah, we have no idea where the end is and how much nail biting will be involved. So let's focus on what we can control, which to an extent is our own companies and what you guys have been able to do among so many other things with your beautiful work. But you've really been able to create a culture that thrives. And part of the reason for that, I think, is because you've set your employees up for success. What do you mean by that? Well, I think it's I think it's a broad, um, just general philosophy and culture to the firm. I think it it stems from providing our team with all of the information available, so that um, they have they have goals that are understood and achievable. They have um, a say throughout the process. Um, you can't you can't tell somebody to bring in a project on time and on budget if they don't know the budget or they don't know the schedule or we can't tell them we want to make more money this year if they don't know how much we're charging for a project or how much you know we're we're billing out um, per hour and things of that sort. So for us, it's it's really about open communication and really sharing as much data and information as we possibly can. Yeah. It's 100% about transparency and being able to talk to our employees about everything related to the company. So everybody knows almost everything except for each other's salaries in this company. So it's trying to be as open about things as possible. But wait, that's not right. Aren't you supposed to be completely secretive and keep your staff in the dark so they don't know how much you're making? How did you decide that you were going to flip that old notion on its head and take a chance with the way that you're doing it, which is clearly working? Because we've worked for those people. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've, we've been a part of, of firms and, and, and teams that, again, you don't know. If you don't know all the rules and all the goals, then you can't achieve them. So um, that was something that we we really wanted to address in starting the practice was, you know, trying to make it as, as successful as possible through transparency. Yeah. And I think it also affords everybody the opportunity to become an owner at some point because you're learning about everything that the company's going through uh, through that entire time. So it's something that we never really were fully exposed to uh, when we were younger. So it's advantageous for all of us. As a younger business owner, I was very uncomfortable imagining that my team thought that I was making a ton of money. So how did you wrestle with that? I don't think that was even a thing for us. And to be honest, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to know that the company was making money if you worked for them? 
so they could afford to pay you? Make it sound so simple. Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking about it overly simple. No, that's exactly uh, the right way. Well, but I would and, and say we talked to you know we talked to. I would say most interior designers aren't wired that way. I I wasn't wired that way, and I don't know if it's a function of the schooling we had is different than the schooling an architect would have, or if it's a gender specific thing. But when you say that, of course, it sounds so simple. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I do think the natural reaction, anything related to money, is to not talk about it. So that's. That also is an, in, inherent, and I think it's a little. It, for us, it was just about how ca- how open can we be, um, and I mean, it, you know, it's that's kind of how it, it fell together best for us was being able to be open and honest with everybody, because then if you're if you know that things are working right, then you know that you're doing a good job, and if they're not working right, maybe we're not doing a good job. But that's also for us to convey back as well. So it's very clear. Well, and quite frankly, we talk about profitability and we say, look, the more profitable the firm is, the more profitable um, everybody is. We can, we can give better bonuses. We can give better raises. We can have a better holiday party. We can do cooler swag. We can, we can donate more money to charity and do cooler events. So, you know, understanding that we're, we're not taking that money and, and, driving Lamborghinis. We're trying to take that, that money and spread it across the team so that everybody understands that you work hard and you make the firm more profitable and there's, there's payoffs, there's incentives to, to do more. So it, for us, th- that comes from knowing where, what the starting point is so that people understand, okay, what's the definition of profitability? How do I determine if this, if this job makes money or not? Mm-hmm. Can we talk a little bit about the expense of just getting new people on your team and what is your process for um, interviewing them and getting them into the office? And then how do you know when they're a fit? How can you tell when they fit into your culture? So we have a two-step interview process. So first, trying to find people has always traditionally been a challenge. I think we've, we've been lucky in the fact that our network works pretty well. Um, I'd say now I, we haven't really gone out to the market yet, but we're about to potentially. So we'll get a better sense of where things are now. But, you know, I think what we are able to do between the two of us is generally we'll, depending on how high level that person is, we'll sit down with them, sort of talk through what it is they're looking for. We're, we're very clear about the type of work we do and the level of demand that we have on people. Um, we also wanted to have sort of an intimate office environment. So we try to keep the quantity of people to us. Well, originally had a specific number, but that's kind of been eclipsed as time has gone on. But, um, you know, and and then once we get through that initial interview, if we feel comfortable with that, that person, then it gets passed to three people in our office, usually a mix of, uh, senior people, younger people, architect and interior designer, depending on how, who it is that we're interviewing. And then they go and have either drinks, lunch, dinner, something along those lines, something over a meal, because really for us, it's about the culture. And if those people that we're interviewing don't fit our culture, then they're they're not going to meet the rest of the requirements. So then the staff that they have uh, meet with come back and uh, talk to us about how that experience was and what their thoughts were. And you know, we've, we've found that that really has worked well um, for us to assess people and get a sense of uh, who they are and how they're going to fit into our office. 
I, mean, I think I think one one thing to start from too is that you know we've we've done and I say we as in the entire firm, not just the the two of us, have done a good job in establishing our culture and allowing our culture to be really prevalent and relevant and and grow and evolve um, to the point that you know, architects and designers hang out with architects and designers. So, you know, we've had people come to the firm that were brought to us by other folks that work here. So, you know, that just by talking to their friends and, and uh, you know, whether it's classmates or colleagues or what have you, um, they talk about the firm and, and say, okay, well, maybe this is a place that you would want to consider or you would want to explore. So, you know, we get some folks that way too. Um, I think it's, you know, we've had, we've had instances where – We've met with some folks and knew very quickly that it was not the right fit. We've we've had instances where our, our group has gone out socially and come back and been like, nope, that's not the person. And you know, that's a great that's a great bit of information. If if it doesn't work after an hour of of food and drinks, it ain't gonna work in the long run. So um, we want to know that information as much as possible. I think that's such a good strategy because people let their guard down when they're out for a meal or when they're out for a drink and you get to see a different side of them that's slightly less poised, I guess, for the interview, which can be really important. This is probably self-evident to everybody listening, but I'm still going to ask you, what are the elements that make up culture? Specifically, when you talk about culture, what are those, those elements and characteristics that you're looking for people to fit into? You know, I think that's a that's an excellent question. I don't know that we've ever answered that question, so this will probably be a little bit of a a, a little bit of a uh, uh, sort of throw throw it against the wall and see what sticks. But you know, I, I'd say it's certainly the the mix of us and our personalities, along with the staff and their personalities, um, but also the environment that we create for them to work within. Um, you know, I think the I think those two things or those two kind of are the biggest pieces of of culture, um, from our standpoint. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, just quick backstory that, that we've known each other for almost 30 years and have been best friends for almost 30 years. And so, um, the, the, you know, the, the two or three times that we've ever had any sort of argument is generally quickly diffused and it, it, goes away and it's usually as a result of of one of us me being tired or something of that sort but we spend a lot of time talking through things and we get along really well and I think that 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 parlays into our team seeing that saying oh you know I can sit in a meeting with Dave and Dave and they'll disagree on a design um, aspect or a route to get there and they'll figure it out they'll work it out and say okay well you know explain to me your side and 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 go back and forth and so that gives them the opportunity to say to somebody else hey i've seen it done let's let's talk through some stuff the other thing that is important for us is we rarely say no when our team comes to us and says hey we need this new technology or wouldn't it be great if we could do this or something of that, you know, the last thing we want to do is hold people back because we haven't bought the right thing or the right software or done the right upgrades. So for us, we try to keep an open dialogue because people then feel comfortable to say, hey, if we had this, you know, new XYZ, we could do this, that, and the other thing and look at what would it do for us. And, and we say, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. 
um, versus the no, you'll you, this is your desk and just sit there and, and focus on what you're supposed to do. That that doesn't help culture. Is the flip side of that though that then they have to be accountable for whether or not that thing pans out or pays out or works out? You know, d- depending on how that what that thing might be, yes. Um, we've uh, I'll give you uh, you actually pinged us towards a perfect example. We about three years ago we bought a laser scanner. Actually, it might have been more than that. Um, and it, you know that that product is the price of a small car, um, and. You know, we had somebody in our office do a bunch of research on which one was the best one, why we should get it, and what are the versatility pieces that we could use from it. And, you know, we pinned all those pieces together and said, this is going to be the right product for us. We bought it, and it has been wildly successful. Um, so, I, you know, I think it was a little bit about doing the research and putting all the work in to make sure we were having the right conversation about what the benefits were for that thing. And once we did it, it made all the sense in the world. And I think we do that almost every day. We just did that with some uh, VR software that we purchased. You know, it was it was a little, a little bit of research. This is the thing that works great, and it it has been fantastic. Yeah, and we generally don't just have one person looking at it. We'll have two or three look at it, and then you know talk to us and work through it. So it's it's usually a committee, a sort of ad hoc committee of people looking and reviewing it. It's not just you know, hey, I think we should go buy this. Okay, let's buy it and then hope that it works. It's There's definitely some research into it and some planning into it and, and the discussion of how is it applicable? Is it going to, you know, is this a short-term thing, long-term thing? How do we how do we get it to grow and be flexible with us? Um, and, and, and people are prepared with that. I would imagine that that gives people the, the feeling of autonomy, a feeling of ownership. And then you have people who don't want to leave because they're getting the experience of being the owner of the company and having a meaningful input in everything and affecting the outcome that everybody experiences. So uh, have you guys worked in an office where it was the opposite of that, where the employee, the team, the staff didn't have that kind of autonomy and what that might look like? Haven't we all? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like everybody's worked in that sort of environment. Um, you know, we spend, I, I feel like every year when we do evaluations with our team members, um, we always are encouraging people to become the expert in blank and, and become that office expert in, you know, understanding door schedules or understanding this software or that, that piece of equipment so that we have a bunch of people in the office that are experts and can share that information back and forth and really, you know, teach one another and work with one another. Um, and so, yeah, it absolutely creates, it, it creates that, that feeling of community, that feeling of a team. Um, and it, what's nice too, is that it's not then just one person who knows how to use the laser scanner. That person teaches three more and then they teach three more and it, it becomes a group effort and it, it really brings folks together. Yeah. And I think, I think we both have worked for firms where there were glimmers of things like this, where we could be involved in decision-making processes. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, we both worked at a firm previous to this, and there was a little bit of that, I think, uh, or a fair amount of that, actually, where you could impact decisions that were made by the company. And it felt really good when that happened. Uh, but I will say that when it doesn't happen, because, uh, you know, in that instance, I think they took 60% or 50% of the suggestions, uh, and there wasn't a reasoning why they didn't, it really, that, that was disheartening. And sometimes it was sort of like, you know, I, uh, you know, the, the standard dad answer, I, I know better, we're not going to do that. 
And, um, you know, that unfortunately is, is discouraging and, and doesn't mean, doesn't make you feel like you want to work harder. That's a perfect place to stop and hear from our sponsor. When we return, our two Daves will tell us what they think must be in your employee handbook. Good stuff coming up. As an interior design professional, you've got great taste and your clients trust you to create stunning spaces, which include, of course, practical and gorgeous window coverings like the shutters, shades, and blinds you'll find at Blind Chalet to help you make it all come together easily while enjoying great savings. Blind Chalet has an interior designer program. That's right. Members receive priority pricing, access to a vast inventory, and an assigned design consultant to personally handle your account, help you find the right product for each client, and keep an eye on your orders from start to finish. The affiliate program means additional opportunities to maximize your bottom line. We all like that. Visit blindchalet.com backslash design to learn more today. And by the way, you can use the promo code design55 to receive 55% off your first order. Wow. That's blindchalet.com backslash design. And I want to say thank you, Blind Chalet, for supporting Business of Design's podcast and for supporting this amazing community. And now back to the show. One of the things uh, you guys mentioned in your application was you wish so much that you'd had a handbook of how to get the best out of people. And all these years later, having worked for so many firms and now running your own very successful firm... What would you say, why don't, why don't we say two each, what would you say are the things you now know about how to get the best out of people? And I, I realize some of it you may already have told us, but let's summarize a little bit. You want to go first? Thanks, Jerk. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's, um, like Dave said, having that open communication with folks and, and setting the groundwork and, and letting people know from the moment they're hired how things work here, that you know, we talked about it when we first, you know, started um, this conversation, which is nobody has their name on the door. Nobody um, gets away with not emptying the dishwasher. Everybody has their, their time slot and everybody's got to empty the dishwasher. So um, there's no ego allowed. So with that premise, anybody can have a good idea. So now Nobody gets to sit on high. Nobody gets to dictate, here's the design and hand it off to somebody else. You've got to be a part of everything. So having that as a framework that allows people to have discussion and allows people to feel comfortable to speak up, I think is really um, a solid sort of starting point for that. Um, And then getting people, and we certainly have varying degrees of success here, getting people to feel comfortable that they can come to just about anybody in the office and, and offer suggestion, critique ideas. You know, we certainly have, have people that are, are very open with us in terms of, you know, Hey Dave, I've got an idea of how you could have handled this situation a little differently or how we could work with this team a little, a little more effectively. And, and encouraging that sort of relationship allows again for the handling of situations before they become situations. Um, and, and, and it really allows people to feel, a part of the project team. It feels, it makes people feel that they're all in it together. And again, 
at no point does anybody get to stamp on the wall that I was the designer of this project and everybody else was my minions. That's not that's not what we're going for. We all we celebrate as a team. We celebrate successes as a team. We talk about things that don't go well as a team. It is it never comes down to one person succeeding or failing. And I I think I think for me the the sort of next steps that I can see for for like getting the best out of people has been you know a little bit about uh, it gets back to that open and honest conversation again is being able to talk to somebody about what they're doing well and what they're doing not so well. And not to take that personally, but to understand that those are the things that you need to improve in order to move to the next level. Um, and getting back to Dave mentioning the team, you know, if the team wants to move to the next level, which I think they all want to do is do the best design possible, then we're all going to want to actively push towards that goal. So, you know, I think that those are the things that we're learning now. I, I, w I would say that this has been what you're hearing now is probably uh, an evolution of something that's happened over the past year, to be honest. Uh, I would say we were probably a little more open with people and, and I guess not, not as, uh, not as pressured with our employees in the past, uh, where we, we will be tolerant of some things that maybe shouldn't be tolerant for as long as possible. Uh, and now I think we're, we're pursuing a little bit more of a, a more open, honest and pressured goal. Those are so. really good suggestions. And I'm going to ask you two more questions. But the first one is, what's 2020 been like? And what do you think 2021 is going to be like? Uh, 2020 has been like the longest falling on our face uh, I've ever experienced. Um, but oddly enough, we landed on a pillow. I, I don't know how that worked out. You know, I mean, we, we've been lucky enough that I would say in the past, you know, three months uh, where, you know, we've been able to keep everybody, most everybody that we had on staff from when it started on staff. And we've been able to pick up some work and, you know, we've, we are, uh, we are in the process of talking about hiring someone, which is uh, epic at this point in time. Um, and 2021, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I, I have, I have zero inkling. I have a lot of hope for what it's going to be, but, uh, I, just given that the, the fall has continued to show uh, resilience and optimism, I, I think that I can only be nothing but optimistic about 2021, that it's got to be better. Can't wait to be on a plane again to go somewhere. Yeah, 20, 2020 for, for me has been hands down the hardest year of my professional career in any capacity. Um, having to make the excruciating decision of letting people go because you don't have work or don't have the projection of work is, and, and people that I, I like, people that I love, that y you, you have to make a decision for the firm and the future of the firm. That was, that was brutal. Um, and the, you know, it sort of feels like every day is running a marathon and then getting up the next day and doing it again and doing it again. And so it's been a lot of, of chugging of, you know, what are the decisions we need to make early on to, to get the firm to survive and, and be stable? Okay. How do we get our PPP and any other funding and grants and anything like that? Okay. Now we solved that problem. Now, how do we get more work? Okay. Now we saw it. And it's like, Every day there's another battle that's sort of coming at us. And at some point I'm just like, can I just take a nap? 
I will say too that this is the beauty of a partnership is that we have had, you know, I think Dave and I talk more than than I talk to my wife um, in a given day, and it's it's you know through highs and lows that you sit there and you go, okay, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And you know, when one of us generally, you said yin and yang, when generally one of us is hitting a low point, the other one's there to sort of slap them and say, come on, man, let's go. We got to you know get back on the horse. Let's. And then, you know, in, in reverse, that happens a lot. And so it's, there's the time for cheerleader, there's the time for pep talk, there's the time for listening. And so it's 2020 without a solid business partner and friend would have been, I just, I would have honestly just moved to some deserted island and just, you know, eaten seafood and I just couldn't imagine like what would happen. Um, so, you know, that, that, in alone and, and watching how our team has responded to us being open and honest with discussions of, you know, where we are as a business, where we are with money coming in, where we are with work coming in, um, our own concerns, fears, hopes, dreams, wishes, um, has, I think had an absolutely profound effect on the team of everybody going, all right, let's go. What's, what can I do? What, is it bring in work? Can I help like update the, the Revit standards? What can I, can I clean the library? Can I, you know, what is it that I can do to be a part of this team so that when we come out the other side and we're going to come out the other side, we can be the best well-oiled machine that we can be. Well, I'm very optimistic for, for all, everybody at 3877. You guys are doing such beautiful work, and I encourage everyone to check out the website. We like to end every episode with design intervention, just final words of wisdom for a community of interior design professionals. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, we were prepped a little bit um, with this, and I think uh, I've got a couple of them, and, and one of which is um, my father, who is – had a very interesting career um, from, you know, military through um, uh, various things, but also getting into human resources. His One of his pieces of advice to me was always read the newspaper, always be able to carry on a conversation with somebody beyond the weather and, quite frankly, beyond politics, you know, something to the next level that allowed for a, a deeper, more meaningful conversation when you meet someone for the first time whether it's the physical newspaper or, or reading, you know, diving into to things a little bit more completely so that you can have conversation. Um, that to me has been really profound that you can, you can have conversation with people and you can get people to open up and, and really have connection beyond just, oh, it's hot out there today, isn't it? Um, you know, one of the other things was, um, just the, the don't stop mentality. And somebody gave me that when I was working on my thesis, which was just don't ever stop. Don't sit there and go, Oh, you know, I'll pick this up tomorrow. Don't just, yeah, you can take that leg breather, but keep going, keep plowing through. You know, I think open and honest is probably the best thing that I can profess is just being able to have a conversation with anybody and everybody that you're working with and leaving it all on the table. And it, it, it just makes everything better because if you're not doing that, then they're not doing that and you're not getting to this to place where you need to be. Um, and, and I will say that open and honest means sometimes you have to ask for that information. You can't just say, we good. We're good. Okay, good. Walk out of the room. That, that doesn't get you there. You have to say, are we good? Can you, are you clear about what we're doing right now? So. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have been extremely generous 
sharing your knowledge with us. And uh, again, very excited for what the future holds. We'll definitely keep an eye on you. Stay healthy, stay well. And uh, one day, uh, perhaps by the time this podcast airs, we'll even know who the president of the United States is. Look at that. I know. Amazing, right? Knock on wood. Knock on wood. All right, guys, be well. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for putting that together. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.